Welcome to MPOD, a podcast produced by graduate students and staff at the Senator George J. Mitchell Institute for Global Peace, Security and Justice and Queen's University Belfast in Northern Ireland. My name is Jan King. I've worked in the British voluntary sector for many years, particularly in the fields of homelessness, substance misuse and mental health. I've also spent a long time in the British Army Reserves. In today's episode, we'll be talking about why people have come from all over the world, and indeed from just down the road, to Queen's Belfast to learn more about conflict transformation and social justice. I was keen to know why they think this is such an important and relevant subject that they invest so much of their time and efforts in dedicating themselves to it for one or two years. We discussed four main areas. What issues brought them to the course? What their key learning is? Have the issues changed for them now? And what they intend to move forward? So four other students joined me to put together this episode. Elizabeth Carberry Tierney, Adidion Oko, Bethany Luzny, and my good friend, Naomi. These are important issues, but they're not always easy to talk about and we recognise that they might be sensitive for some listeners. We'd like to remind all listeners that Queen's Wellbeing Service offers a drop-in service every weekday during term time between 12.30 to 1.30. You can also contact the Wellbeing Service on 02-890-972-893 or by email on studentwellbeing at qub.ac.uk. So I'd now like to introduce Elizabeth Carberry Tierney, who's local. What were the issues that around conflict, transformation or social justice or both that brought you to the course? It probably is a combination of both. I think um, the peace process in Northern Ireland, I think, I think left the victims down quite a lot. Um, I felt that victims were put at the very bottom of the priority list. Mm. Um, and I, I thought that was sad more than anything. Um, but the other part that kind of probably pushed me more was the injustice. Um, I kind of don't like injustice. I, I, I just it's something in me that I think maybe I'm just born with that it's like from childhood when you see someone get picked on and you just think no that's not right. Um, so I kind of felt that. The injustices that were being ignored, I felt angry and I thought I don't want to become political and I don't want to become active. I want to do something that actually would make some contribution to maybe someone else coming out of a conflict wouldn't have to feel the way that I felt. Mm. So I thought if I come back and educate myself, um, I always wanted to go to university, but my mother couldn't afford it, obviously, with six children. So I thought I'd go back in later life. It was always my dream. Then I became a single parent, so um, I kind of had to put it in hold again. But I did come back when I was 40, and um, then I decided that was it. I really loved it. And I thought, no, I, I feel as if I can make a difference um, in some way, shape or form. Um, I liked the fact that I was getting contact with other people that were doing things because I never knew how to do that or how to get in contact with people. I know I'm involved in victims groups, but that was just directly related to victims. Mm. 
and I wanted it to be wider than that. I wanted other people's views and opinions and not just our wee kind of square box and everything that happens in our box is right. Um, and it, it just inspired me and the more I learned, the more I wanted to learn. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so yeah, I, I just would love to have, even if it's just a small impact yeah. in some way or form that our experience is not wasted. Yeah. The things that went wrong are wasted for yeah. someone else. Yeah. No yeah, wonder. that's really impressive. Yeah, um, and you've done it for two years now. Mm. So, what what would you say has been your sort of key learning from being involved in the course, from doing this study that has been in, it's so important to you? Oh gosh, it's been massive. I, I feel as if my knowledge base has widened. I I'm not as narrow in my thinking. I've realised that there's a lot more to um, a victim than just what I thought in the sense of learning all the different I suppose it's the terminology that you kind of link and go oh that now makes sense when you're starting to talk about why some victims are suppressed and some victims are silent and why some victims speak out and why some victims fear to speak and it, it just gives you such a wide perspective on what I thought was just a very narrow um just a narrow perspective on a victim is just a victim and now I've realised that that's not the case there are just so many and it's made me realise that that has I could never understand actually I think one of the things that years ago I could never understand why they found dealing with victims so difficult and now I do I think that's probably one of the things Mm. and that's what made me go like this can't be that difficult you know you just get around the table and yes I know there are problems but you know come on thrash it out and, and and get this sorted once and for all, and now I realise it, it it's it just more complicated. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot more complicated, and I have learnt that massively from doing this course yeah. that it isn't just straightforward. Yeah, yeah, that's quite a big insight actually, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you now see as challenges um, in conflict transformation or social justice? The ones that you you want to deal with. I, I still believe that um I still believe that there is a way to create a peace process that can cater a lot more efficiently than how we're doing it. Um I do have a really good idea which I did in my dissertation and I would like to develop it. But it incorporates a way that I believe that can look at each individual element of a peace process without any of them being left at the side or being treated as not as important as the other. And I'm talking about everything from someone who just wants to tell their story, someone who just wants to write it down, someone who wants to to receive some counselling, someone who, who wants to, to seek truth and justice, um, another person who, who obviously some people do want reparations, some people don't, but there are there is a mechanism that it doesn't have to be as difficult as, as, as it's being made out. I don't believe, and I, do ha- I have learnt a lot more now than I did, and I still believe this idea that I have would work, and I think it would work not only just here I think it's a type of mechanism or idea sorry because it includes all the mechanisms and I think it's an idea that 
definitely would in some way take into consideration all the things that weren't because we're now 20 years plus and now we have a lot more learning and now we know a lot more about all the difficult aspects of a really complex and we're still not living in a peaceful society and we still have loads of problems but all the ones that we've learnt just putting them into where they all belong and going right we learnt all these you know it's to me we have to do something with this Mm. we have to do something with what we've learnt and this is the best way of doing it is creating an idea that I have that I don't want to say what it is (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that incorporates all these things that we've learnt not just from Northern Ireland but from South Africa from Colombia and, and, and some of the other places and when you look at them all they, there's there's certain elements that can all just go into a box and then there are some that aren't just straightforward but there's definitely a mechanism I believe that can make a peace process a little bit more smooth particularly for victims who I believe are always left to the end and I think that and it could be wrong it's just my own idea that when you don't deal with it you will continue to live in a conflict society. It may not be guns on the street, but it's still conflict. And where you always have conflict, you're always going to have the risk of it escalating or growing or something like Brexit. It's, I mean, this is one of the biggest things that's, that's happening. We are already in a society that isn't stable. We only need something like this to, to, to kick us back again or to do something wrong. Whereas if we had a moved on further and we were stronger we would be in a much stronger position to deal with what's coming our way but we've something coming our way and we're still fighting court cases and and everything just to me is very tense at the minute sure yeah and have you got thoughts on how you want to take forward your ideas yes i i i once i finished this my master's i I do want I well I do sort of still do wee bits of work on it anyway. Yeah, okay. Um and I suppose I don't know where I would take it. Maybe should I take it to a victims group, maybe should I take it to the politicians, maybe I don't know. I don't know where. Um CAJ, which is, is a good big organisation, they do loads of work. Um because I would obviously it's it's not something that I could do all of it on my own because like there's you know, you need everyone involved in it. But I am very passionate about it, but whether anyone else would be passionate about it when I put them to it, I would need to probably develop it into a proper presentation and then I would need to find the proper audience and say, look, this is my idea. What do you think? And develop it. But as I said, that's the two things I would need to do, a presentation and the right audience. The presentation part's going to be okay. It's getting the audience because it has to be the right audience that can buy into it and go, actually, we could do something with this. Yeah. And make yeah. something that then we can say the other countries take that. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, that sounds like an amazing um, product from the course and your your experience. Yeah, I came up with it whenever I was doing my undergrad actually, um, because at that point in my undergrad I focused on the HET, the failure of the HET, yeah. and 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 again it was all about having a mechanisms to deal with with victims and and dealing with the past. And every conflict has a past and every conflict has to deal with victims. So it's like, it's, it's, you know, it has to happen. 
it doesn't matter what conflict you're coming out of you have victims and and you have a history of a past and some of it's not very pleasant and it has to be dealt with and brushing it under the carpet doesn't you know seem to work it's it well it's not working here yeah yeah in, in fact it's, it's becoming more and more damaging because there's more and more things coming out and it's yeah. just making the government look worse and worse and to me 20 years ago they just put their hands up and said like you know what there's lots of things that happened that shouldn't happened and where could all these people have gone they couldn't have all these court this because it, it all wouldn't happen because the british government in one sweep could have just went yeah and that would have been the end of it but the money the cost the re-traumatization the separation that's continuing to happen between our communities all because of something that in my opinion did not need to get to stage that sure yeah i'd now like to introduce adidiong oko who's come to the course from Nigeria. And can you just explain what it was um, that brought you to the course, the issues that brought you to the course around conflict transformation, social justice? What were the things that were bothering you? Okay. Um, basically, I was born during the structural um, adjustment program era in my country. And as a child, I grew as a child to realize the implication of public policies and, and conflict in the standard of living of the people. Uh, I've also heard about heard the stories of civil war and post-war reconstruction era in Nigeria and the resulting effect on also the standard living of the people. And also, and this also stimulated my interest in understanding the policies and the domestic um, dynamics of conflict and that, that also built my in my career interest and my goal in life, how to help my country solve its problem. Is Nigeria is going, going through a lot of insecurities, a lot of poverty rate, public human rights abuse, inequality is high, and basically this influences my choice of career. My choice of um, conflict transformation and social justice in Queens University was developed my exposure while I was serving in my country, the National Youth Service, one composite service in the northern part of Nigeria. I was exposed to Boko Haram, insurgency, and the and Fulani X-Men, and the likes. And this really in my quest for study to find a solution for, for the security challenges that is facing my country. Basically, those really influenced my choice oh. of this course. Oh, thank you. That's very thorough. Yeah, yeah, yeah very impressive, actually. Yeah. And what do you? Can you explain what your key learning has been from being on the course? Yeah, my, I've, I've really learned a lot. I've really learned a lot in this course, and um, this this include um, traditional justice. Now that means um, a process and mechanism of a, a state to come to, to terms with with this long legacy of abuse. Uh, in order to ensure accountability and secure your justice and achieve reconciliation. So I've learned a lot of, of, uh, in that model, especially. I've learned also truth, recovery, and reconciliation. I've also learned approaches and theories um, of conflict, peace, and justice. I, I have also learned the method of mediation and negotiation. I also learned the importance of um, um, re, um, 
preparations and yeah it's quite a lot of late so um, the list is quite yeah the list is quite endless and, yeah. yeah and would you is there anything that you know do you have a sort of sense of an overall you know key learning about conflict or um anything that sort of really stands out for you or um well the, the key learning about conflict in is it conflict transformation or conflict? Yeah, whatever. Whatever makes sense to you. I, yeah. I, I think the yeah, public is a process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say it's a process. And the post-conflict, um, the mediation negotiation process, the peace-building process, um, reconciliation, recovery, recovery, and these are really the key aspects. Mm-hmm. The process, how it goes, and and also the um, exposure from the teachers, and I don't want to mention them, but all of them are just good enough. The um, Senator Michel, George Michel, um, um, seminar was awesome. It, it, it has been a lot. I, the oh, list is just yeah. every, just a list. You're a great advertisement for the course. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So now that you um, you obviously came into the course with some ambitions or some thoughts about what you wanted to get out of it, you've learned a lot from it. What do you um, see now as the challenges around conflict transformation, social justice? Have they changed, or where are you now with it? Yeah, um, it, yeah I would say it's not quite a lot. I've learned a lot, as I said earlier. The key challenges and issues for me in the course is the issue of... Um, Truth recovery, let me start with that. Truth recovery is an issue. Then victim restoration and healing is an, is an issue for, for me. Then restorative justice is also another issue for me because victims and perpetrators in the same society, I keep on wondering that is that will not be easy seeing someone that killed your parents and the state is asking to forgive and, and it's, it's quite not then the issue of um, Reparation is also another approach to, to, to look at it. Apology, forgiveness. He has a, a lot of issues that when you look at conflict transformation and social justice, you have to say, okay, in practical, would this really work? They sit down, forget, and we have watched a lot of documentary on South Africa, um, truth recovery and reconciliation. We have, have a lot of cases also about the Northern Ireland and the troubles and the Good Friday Agreement. So you, you, you look at this on the video and you're like, do these victims really forgive this perpetrator? Because it is easy to say, uh, we, we are not there. You don't feel what they are feeling. Um, someone on the wheelchair and someone calls him to be here and say, oh, sorry, it happens. You don't really understand a lot of things in on the global justice um, cause model about um Preparation, the Black Americans, and all those things, the Holy Ghost, and he, just a lot of issues that surrounds the, the course and the program totally. Conflict automation and social justice, and just quite a lot. Just yeah. quite, we, we want to look at it separately and try to study it. Yeah. You know, it's quite easy in the theory, but application. Yeah, yeah. And someone come to tell you, they say apology. So, by so saying, sorry, I kill your father. So, I should be able to accept that and say, instead of saying, Yes, apologize. You forgive. It's easy in theory, but in practical, someone got a lot of harm to you and saying forgive. Someone say, I forgive you on the video, but inwardly the pain 
it's not yet a like a pencil there at all. Yeah. It's a lot and you know it's another um, factor of the victim becoming the perpetrator of a crime. So these are the issues yeah. in computer transformation. Yeah. A victim can pass from being a victim to being a perpetrator. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so I, what I'm hearing is you're seeing the complexities yeah. of um, some of the issues now that you've, because you've done the course, it's, mm. um, things haven't necessarily changed in terms of what the issues are, but actually you're you can see that you need to deal with it in a more complex way. Uh, yeah, Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, and basically, just in summary, what you just said, the completion of the course, uh, and the application, completion and application of the course to everyday life, to every conflict situation. Mm-hmm. Because what might work for A, and not work for B. So the application is another issue that we have. Mm-hmm. So sort of quick solutions of, mm. or um, easy uh, one-size-fits-all type solutions are unlikely to be successful. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so you can, uh, for example, if I use um, not in a highline process, peace process, for example, I can say, let me use, it's, uh, Senator Judge um, Michel made this, this situation very good. He said that he developed a negotiation peace process from the people, the national line. He didn't bring the agreement elsewhere. He let the parties um, um, sit down. They made the agreement themselves. And it, that was a great one for conflict mm. the process. Mm-hmm. So you don't, so someone will not go and pick what was obtainable in Northern Ireland to take it to elsewhere. It might not work. So after that was a great summary of the course. So you, you have to develop what's fitting for the people in that region, sure. uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now we have Bethany Lesney, who's come from the USA. Can you just say what um, conflict transformation, social justice issues um, brought you to the course? Sure. So um, prior to moving to Belfast, I was part of a large community for four years. Um, and a large community is an intentional community where adults with and without developmental disabilities live together um, in a spirit of mutuality and reciprocity. Um, and so I was a living assistant for two years in a home. I had four roommates that I supported in sort of daily living. Um, and then I was an administrator for about an additional two years. Um, and in that time, I, I don't know, I just created this space where things in daily life that don't seem very important suddenly become very important, um, because life is lived at a slower pace. Um, And so while obviously, you know, I dealt with questions about um, like disability, um, I thought a lot about uh, funding and uh, like advocacy, um, in particular dealing with um, sort of like government intervention and how does the government support people with various needs. Um, I really came to focus more on this idea of sort of like the paradoxes of life um, and how do we envision life and how do we imagine the life we lead and then what can that be done to address um, actual like structural institutions because I think so much we take for granted that things are just the way they are and they're not Um, they're that way because people perceived things in a certain way and then they act on that um, and then we become comfortable where I think my experience living with um, my housemates and then supporting others in the community 
um, it showed that life can be lived a very different way. And so how do you then put that into a larger practice? Mm. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, you've, I'm sure you've learned a lot, but can you sort of say what your key learning has been through being through the process of being on the course? I mean, obviously bringing your prior experience with you as well. Yeah. Um, this is a question I had to think the most about. Um, I think... A lot of it goes back to how do we approach institutions and how are those institutions formed by story and narrative. Um, I saw it a lot in our religion and peace building course. You know, how do we think about religion and then how do those stories that we have um, influence not only how do we think about religion, but how religion then influences that which is around it. Um, as well as... Um, I don't know. I took law courses, so thinking about um, how is the law actually both shaped, but then a shaping influence. Um, how do we think about gender? Um, what is gender, you know? And then what influence does gender play when it comes to peacemaking as far as women's involvement or um, women's uninvolvement, those sorts of things. Um, so all really coming back to that idea of like how influenced are we um, by what's around us, but then also how do we shape that as well if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah so it's, it sounds like you came in with um a, a view of interrogating structures sort of our assumptions about how the world is and mm -hmm. sort of continued that um sort of analysis if you like or interrogation yeah is absolutely. that right yeah. yeah and I think it's really just about trying to think creatively about things and having a sense of hope that just because things are the way they are doesn't mean they have to remain that way um, and so, you know, not taking anything for granted and really trying to get to the bottom of, you know, yeah, why are things the way they are? And then, like, what can actually be done with it? Um, and in order to do that, you have to, you know, be pretty imaginative, I think. And, and so how are you thinking of maybe taking this forward, you know, your role in maybe attacking some of these issues? Sure. Um, so I'm still very interested um, in sort of the intentional community bit that I had done before. I'm really interested in maybe continuing with Larsh in the future. Um, since moving to Belfast, I have worked um, at an internship with a restorative justice group. Um, and I think the work that they do is very important in the way that they conceive justice beyond just sort of the criminal justice system, um, that they really put um, people at the center of what they're doing. Um, and making room for people to express um, what has happened to them and the impact that it's had on them, um, and then providing the space for um, people to come together um, and try to not necessarily come to any sort of solution or um, you know reconciliation or forgiveness. Those aren't uh, sort of the primary goals, but just bringing people together to sort of face each other and create that space um, is very significant. And so I could see myself um, possibly continuing in some sort of, like, restorative um, area as well. But I'm not entirely sure at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and you you talked about the um, your dissertation on vulnerability. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Um, do you want to say what, what your thinking is around some of that and maybe how that might apply? Sure. So I'm studying vulnerability, and I'm thinking about how is vulnerability typically conceived um, most of the time when people think about vulnerability, they think of it in terms of weakness or power, powerlessness um, or being in a state of sort of passivity. Um, you know, if you're vulnerable, you're either a victim or you're at risk of being a victim. Um, 
so it's something that isn't desirable. You know, if you are vulnerable, um, it's almost like a stage that you want to try to get past. Um, if you are a part of a vulnerable group for an extended amount of time, it can be considered tragic. Um, you know, it's definitely stigmatized. Um, and so what I'm looking at is everybody experiences a type of vulnerability. And I wouldn't say that it you only experience it in stages. I think you're vulnerable as a human. Um, I think, I mean, I think it can even extend outside of humanity. You know, I think the earth has been very vulnerable. Um, I think institutions are vulnerable. I mean, I think it's just sort of a normative aspect of life. Um, and so how then can we conceive of vulnerability in a way that recognizes the normality of it? But then also, is there a way to think of vulnerability in a way that actually sheds light, a positive light on it, um, where possibly there is a form of power or resilience that can come from vulnerability. Um, so it's very sort of conceptual, theoretical work at this point, um, but I see it being very relevant to just a spectrum of different topics. Sure. Um, dealing with, I've read from, uh, you know, the current refugee crisis, um, you know, they're considered a vulnerable population, uh, but also thinking about the way that technology and AI is being um, increasingly relevant to our everyday life, you know, how are certain populations more or less vulnerable, um, and then what does that actually look like, or what does that actually mean, and how does that play out? Um, so it's very wide-reaching, um, and I would say I'm focusing on it mostly from uh, the place of having experience with um, working with folks with de developmental disabilities, uh, but I could see it having um, a greater impact. And this is Naomi's interview, and Naomi has come from the UK. Can you just say what, you know, what um, conflict, transformation, social justice issues brought you to the course? Um, I think it was just the, the general state of the world and how it seems to suddenly be going backwards from what was becoming quite a liberal um, Western world anyway, with, you know, gay rights, um, abortion rights, and so on, becoming, you know, more accepted and a more normal part of life. And all of a sudden we seem to be going backwards again. Mm. And the state of the world seems to be kicking against this sort of liberal progression that we'd made. And so it was kind of interesting. I kind of wanted to see if there were any solutions to that and what what the discussions around that were academically and in the wider kind of social world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, you said you, there wasn't any key learning, um, but do, do you want to just sort of expand on that a bit in terms of what you, you know, what's come out of you sort of engaging with this for a year? Yeah, I mean, I think I did the course mainly out of interest. I didn't have a, a game plan in mind. There's not a, a final goal in mind. So there wasn't a sort of an inspirational moment where I thought, oh, this is the key to what conflict transformation and social justice is. Um, but I think throughout you pick up lots of different things. I've done lots of different modules. So I've picked up um, lots of different ideas from different fields of research, different schools, um, so yeah I think when I said there's no key learning it's not that I haven't learned anything it's just there hasn't been one particular thing that I thought oh that's it that's the key because I don't think there is a key sure yeah Do, are there things that stand out as things that maybe stick with you 
Um, well, I think from my own, from the essays that I've chosen, um, I've developed much more of an interest in activism in terms of the effects of activism. I mean, I've always been someone who'll go along to a protest and wave a banner. But the, the ideas behind activism and the effectiveness of it and what works and doesn't work um, has, been, has been the area that I've become most interested in. Okay, yeah. And um, so what are you seeing? I mean, you may have covered this already, but what are you seeing now as the challenges around um, conflict transformation and social justice? Well, I think, in terms, I think in terms of activism, probably the biggest challenge is remaining hopeful because I think there's a lot of cynicism now and there's people are starting to think, well, what's the point? You know, because it's people are pushing back, but nothing's happening. Um, so there, we've seen massive demonstrations against Brexit, massive demonstrations against Trump, but nothing seems to have changed. You know, now we've got Boris Johnson, um, so I think not losing that hope and not losing that motivation um, in terms of activism is the is a key ingredient to keep pushing and to keep fighting and to keep saying this is what I think is right. Um, but I think in the the world as a whole, anything it's climate change mm. because I think climate change is going to affect so many areas of life. It's going to exacerbate poverty. Um, I'm sure it's going to be a key cause of, of wars. Um, it's going to increase the refugee crisis. So I think in general, the biggest challenge is probably climate change. What an extraordinary group of people committed to courageously putting themselves out for others. They are typical of the whole course. It's been a huge privilege to be part of it. Thank you to Elizabeth, Adini Yong, Bethany and Naomi. So why did I come here? For me, Brexit was definitely a factor. It highlighted to me that we can't be complacent about hard-won rights. I saw some nasty forces at play in the world, dealing with problems of climate change, refugees, lack of equality, reducing biodiversity by victimising others, and thought, we need to do something about this. And Queen's and the Mitchell Institute seemed the place to be. So what have I learnt Quite a lot, but I suppose the key thing for me is peace is hard work and we need to know how to not only keep it, but to create it. Conflict is something that can be frightening, but we shouldn't be frightened of it. But we, sh we also shouldn't ignore it. I've also been really impressed to be here in Belfast and some of the work I've been doing in Nicosia to meet some silent heroes from the community sector who have persistently and consistently got on with making peace. For me, the issues remain much the same, but I'm more convinced that we, with such amazing people from this year, that while division seems to have deepened, there are some talented people who are dedicating themselves to peace creation as their p purpose in life. While that is the case, I can remain hopeful and optimistic. So in terms of what next, my challenge is to work to bridge division when I can be inclined to take sides. I'm never going to side with fascistic forces, but need to keep my energy up. I need to keep learning through doing some of what I have learnt and commit to further research. I'm committed to sharing the learning and opening up the conversations, 
but I think I will find it hard to stop attacking certain people, at least on Twitter. And thanks to all our listeners for joining us for this episode of MPOD. Our student producer was me, Jan King, and editor is Stephen Mullen. Our original music is by Emily Cherish, and our logo was designed by Sarah McMahon. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at, at QUBMPod. MPod is a production of the Senator George J. Mitchell Institute for Global Peace, Security and Justice at Queen's University Belfast. Once again, I'm Jan King. Thanks for listening. <laughs>